So for everyone that doesn't know, Cameron runs a media agency and they run all the ads for our Instagram, Facebook campaigns across multiple different businesses. And we've used other agencies in the past. And the thing that really, that was just the best out of all of it is the fact that you care as much as we do for those campaigns to be mm. successful. And when you're with mm. like a huge agency, that's very rare. You don't normally get that. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I always say? Because we are a small agency, I mean, it's a, it's a team of three. So I get really invested into, into our clients because I don't take anyone on. I know I was hounding you and chasing you around, yeah. um, but genuinely, we don't, we don't just work with anyone. Um, and another big thing is that I like to work with people, and, and I can never really explain this, and it sounds bad, but I work with people who are cool, who I like, who I get on with. Um, and that helps me to actually care. If 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 you were if you were just a pain in the ass, I'd yeah. think, oh man, maybe yeah, campaign. Hopefully it's going well. But it's always nice when when you actually like the people that you're working with, um, because it, it just helps you to to kind of go that extra mile and maybe work at a time when you wouldn't normally work or work after hours or do something like that. If you actually have a have an interest in them succeeding so that's one thing i also try to do obviously you don't make as much money that way you could take on loads of clients but in terms of longevity and kind of a um providing a good service which is probably the most important thing that's forgotten by a lot of agencies yeah. um i'd say it's, it's the best thing to do how did you get into it in the first place so who are you like what do you do yeah, so I've got a, uh, it's funny you say that, because if you would have asked me about a month ago, I would probably have given you a different answer. Um, but in terms of the entire marketing paid traffic world, I remember when I was 16, I um, did work experience with my sister. And she worked at a really big marketing agency. And it wasn't to do with so it, it, they'd had a social media um, department, but they just did everything. And I remember looking through the spreadsheets, and the numbers that they were writing down were huge. They're like, yeah, yeah, we'll just put a million pounds towards that. Some of their clients were like Ford and, and all these brands. And I thought, wow, right. they, they spend a lot of money. And they were just numb to it. But me, I was looking at the numbers thinking, wow, that's crazy. Um, and then I'd be a liar if I if I didn't say that when I first went into it, I thought, wow, I can get rich like this. Yeah. I was like 18. I thought, wow, this is my, my road to riches. And then once I actually got into it, I really enjoyed the psychology behind marketing and sales and mm. that's why i think my approach is a little bit different in a sense where i don't i don't mind what platform we're on because i i've i'm a bit of a nerd and i've studied sales and and marketing and all these things so it works whichever platform we're on we could do it on newspaper and i'm sure i'd i'd be okay in print and and all these other things um so I kind of started by just working with anyone. I was just like, yeah, I'm a marketing agency and I work with anyone. And yeah. then I quickly realized that that doesn't work. The more I learned about marketing, the more I learned you had to be um, specific with your offer and, and things like this. So then I thought uh, I'll work with e-commerce brands because I tried to work with um, traditional businesses and they weren't really getting it. I was telling them about, hey, you need to do this on social media and this. And they don't get that. They're kind of an older generation marketing right. online. They're not, they don't really hear it. They, they, want, they, they want to be in the newspaper and they've made millions for years. So sure. who am I? I'm just a young kid to tell them that they need to be online. Um, so naturally it went to e-commerce. And then really recently, since working with you, to be honest, and seeing 
how much I've kind of enjoyed it and how many variables and different things that you can change with kind of coaches, consultants and along those lines. I reckon if in, in a couple of weeks, we'll be leaning more towards that side, um, cool. actually helping coaches, consultants and other agencies um, to, to kind of sign more clients and, and, and increase their, their, their revenue. Nice. And why do you think the brick and mortar businesses, the kind of older school ones don't get mm. it? You think, you think they're just, it's just a generational thing? I think they do now. I think they do now right. more so than they were before. When I first started, um, I just think you know, if something's working for you, you can't imagine how to change. I think one thing that our or, or my generation essentially has is that we are just quick to pivot if that's working. Yeah. And sometimes that can be our downfall. If something's working, you might jump on it. Um, Whereas with the, the older generation, it's like what they've been doing has been working for years. So mm. especially as a young kid, I can't go and tell them, hey, I've got I've got no I've got no business. I don't even I still live with my mom. How can I tell them that, hey, yeah. you need to, to, to jump on on this new wave? So I think that's part of what it is. Um, and. Yeah, another thing, they just didn't really know much about it. And I guess in my, in, in to, to critique myself, I probably wasn't selling it in the best way, um, which if I went back now, I could I could possibly be better at it. Um, but at the time, I guess my approach combined with their um, rigidness just wasn't mm. wasn't really a good a good fit. I think the thing as well is that it takes an upfront investment as well in order to kind of get started with mm. paid advertising. And, and if you've never done that before, is the whole risk versus reward of something you know and that you've done for a while that makes money versus this new shiny thing that might make you money, but it's unknown to you. So it's way more scary yeah. as a business. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, you probably won't make money when you start. And that's something that no agency is going to approach you and say, if you have not run yeah. paid traffic before, you're not. I'm not going to be able to flick a switch on Facebook and, oh my gosh, we're making thousands now. So that's also something that's hard. They didn't believe it in the first place. And then when I, if you were to come in in the first month, I've got to tell them, hey, give me a thousand, two thousand, three thousand pounds to spend. I'm not going to bring you any money back, but, yeah. you know, I'm just going to find out some things and, and, and do testing and all these things. They're going to say, Psh, forget it. They, they yeah, weren't bought in not. initially and, and we didn't hit the ground running. So they're not, they're just never going to accept that. So for coaches, if you're an online coach, Mm. and you want to get into paid marketing, or you think you've just heard that your friend does it or you've seen someone else doing it, what's the best thing you could do? Like what position do you need to be in before you first come to someone like yourself to start doing ads? Yeah, yeah, good question. So I think the first thing you need to have is you need to have an offer that's validated. And what I mean by that is you need to be already making money organically um, through, through another means. Because something I, I always like to say is that paid traffic is fuel to the fire. It's not it's never going to revive a business. I, something I always like to say with, with clients on calls or whatever, I always say that you, we can't polish a turd. So if it's not yeah. selling already, I can't make any paid traffic. Do you, don't, do you actually don't. say that to your clients? I, I literally say, I always <laughs> say that. It's my, one of my favorite things to say, we can't polish a turd because if, and, and it sounds rude and, may, and maybe it is, maybe I, maybe I need to avoid saying that, but to, to kind of, to, to cut the crap essentially, if your, if your offer isn't, if people don't resonate with the offer that's your warm audience remember these people know you mm. they've seen you they follow you on instagram they they've heard about you if they don't want to buy then a cold audience is never ever going to buy from you um, and i think that that's that's really important so the first thing and the most important thing 
um, is they need to have a um, already have somewhat of a proof of concept organically. And that's why I was chasing you down so much, because I knew that working with you, it could be a hit. Whereas not with, with everyone, that isn't always the case. Um, so that's what I would say before doing paid traffic. But something about us that a lot of other brands don't do is that I wouldn't just say we're a paid traffic agency only. As you know, I, I like this stuff. So I'll help yeah. build out the offer. I might help with the landing page. I might help put a few things in place that are needed before the paid traffic. So oftentimes when people come to us, they just want paid traffic. And I say, well, slow down a bit. Let's work work through all these variables. Um, we've got a specific kind of set of, of, of things that you need to go through. And once each one's ticked off, then we can move to the next. But paid traffic is typically the, the last step in a business where I feel like nowadays people want to jump to pay traffic just to straight away without putting the groundwork in first. Yeah. I think it's like you said, when you were like 18, because you see, because you hear of numbers that people do on pay traffic, like, Oh, a million mm -hmm. on Facebook ads or whatever. You just think to yourself, Oh, cool. This is just a machine. I could put money in this end. And then on the other end, I'm just going to get out like 10 times, whatever I put in. And it's not, exactly. that's not realistic. It's actually, exactly what you said, you have to have that offer so clearly defined in the beginning and make sure that it's working before you can then do what you said, which is just add fuel to that fire. Just kind of mm. the ad the ad should help grow things that you have working already. Exactly, exactly. And it's like, like you said, because there is a, because the barrier to entry is so low, it's like you can start a Facebook campaign by spending $10 a day or, or, or $5 a day. It seems like it's for everybody. Um, and I don't necessarily think that that's the case. I think, like you said, if everything's if everything's done correctly, then you can start with paid traffic. But I always tell people normally to possibly wait a bit for paid traffic because it's it's an expensive way to test. I, mm. I always like to say you need to validate your offer with three things, whether that's outbound. If you're a coach, you can do outbound. E-commerce brands can't really do outbound. But you can do outbound. I can You can send DMs to people. You can... Uh, email people we have all these structures and, and we'll help you to do those actually validate your offer and once the offer is validated once people are biting now i might say to you look this is working really well let's do the paid route um because that those pay the people that you're going to pay to to show your your face to or your brand to they don't know you from a hole in the wall so your mm. everything needs to be perfect to get those people to bite whereas someone who knows you a little bit even if they've only seen your face once they're much warmer um, so paid is harder than than organic, um, but there's no limit to, to kind of scalability. Sure. And how when we're talking about people having a valid offer that they can give to people, if you're a coach watching this and you have literally no idea what that means. So if currently your way of selling is come and use my service, you get a weekly check in, you get a diet plan, you mm. get a training plan. If that's and I'm just doing feature, 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 that's my service, come and buy it. What would be a better way or how would you frame an, an offer? Is there like some sort of structure yeah. that you put out? There, there isn't a structure. The thing that I always say is, is that it needs to be transformation driven or essentially benefit driven, especially if you're working. So as a coach, if you're working with someone who's a beginner, more so a beginner, they don't know about the mechanism or what you need to do. They don't really care about what you need to do. They just want the result. So sure. Or kind of an, an easy way to say, if you're, instead of being a coach to say, hey, what we're going to do is I'm going to teach you how to do 50 press-ups and we're going to do this workout and that workout. 
Instead, especially for a beginner, your offer just needs to be, hey, I'll help you get a six pack in six weeks. Whether that's feasible, I don't know, but that's kind of what, what I mean. You, you want to touch on the actual transformation, the actual benefit that they will get. Um, if you're to work with people who are a little bit more advanced, those people you can touch on the mechanism a little bit because that might help help um, people to realize that you actually are an expert. Um, so it might be we're going to use this particular um, workout to get you to, to the desired result. But an offer, I always say, is what you get after working with you um, or throughout working with you as opposed to... to um, to what you're delivering and something again that i always like to say is that and 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 this is what i did everybody probably does this when they start they think about the skills that they have and they're like yes the market must want them i, mm. I know how to do so for example in in my instance i know how to do facebook ads the market must want that they have to want facebook ads whereas that is the complete opposite to how we need to think we need to look at a market and think what do they need i can't tell them their solution they need to to, to, to know what they need. So again, for a coach, you look at your, your clients or your target audience, what do they need? Do they want a bikini body? Do they want to get stronger? Do they want to get fitter? Whatever it is, and then you offer them that. What you deliver, they don't really care. I have another thing that I say is that you sell what they want and you deliver what they need. So your yeah. offer just needs to be what they want. That's all you're selling. How you do it, they don't care whether they have to do sit-ups whether they have to do press-ups, they just want to, to, to get this desired transformation. And that's the, the switch um, that I think people often have to make um, to actually make their offer uh, one that's successful. I think it was Alex Hormozzi who said to sell the holiday, not the flight. Yeah, which is exactly. Kind of like the same thing. Yeah, it, all, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. All, it all sort of stems from just knowing your customer, right? Even if it's a case of just getting a pen and paper and just sitting there and writing out like, exactly who that customer persona mm -hmm. is. And then everything you do is based around desired outcomes for that person, calling yeah. that person out, creating content for that person, not creating content for you because you know it all already. Exactly, exactly. And another thing that, that you kind of just prompted me on is that I think a good offer, especially when you're starting out, should be specific. Um, mm. And now what a lot of people do is when they've just started their business, they try to sell to everyone. They want an offer that resonates with, with everybody. But you need to resonate with someone first. So mm. maybe there's only 10 people who are in your specific target audience. But once you've closed all 10 of those, then do a slightly broader offer. When you start out, you're better off doing a being a coach who works with women who have who are who are recovering from pregnancy or something like that. A really niche down offer because when you see someone who who's going through these exact problems that you've mentioned they're going to resonate with that whereas if you're just a, a pt who helps with everything unless you're at the top unless you're kind of a, a well-respected name or at the top of your game people aren't really going to care um so the more specific the offer the better um, and i know it doesn't have scalability and i know people don't really want to hear that but if you want to cut through the noise the more especially with paid traffic the more specific the offer the better. And then once you've tapped out that niche, once everybody in that niche knows you and either works with you or or knows about you and you can't squeeze any more juice out of it, then you go to a bigger level. Then instead of being people who have, who have just finished their pregnancy, then you go to just women in general. And then the, your final stage could be you're a personal trainer for everybody. Um, but when starting out, the more specific, the easier it is to, to, to cut through the noise. 
And there's definitely, when you consider the reach that you've got, you can be like hyper specific on things and still reach enough people to fill your business. I mean, as an online coach, let's say if you had like 60 clients, then you'd probably be doing pretty good for yourself. Um, up to 100 clients, you'd be so busy, you'd have to start bringing people on to help you. And so even if you were the, like, the uh, for guys over 35 who are on a plant-based diet that are busy CEOs and don't have time to do things themselves and, like, um, have OCD or something, if you got really specific, there will be at least 50 people that you could reach that have those very, like, niche things that you're focusing on. And Absolutely. You, and there'll be much more inclined to take you, you on than someone who just does everything. Absolutely. And another thing that we that people also forget is that if you have a really good offer, those 50 people, they have a huge amount of purchasing power. So mm. I say this to people who have like a thousand followers. They say, oh, I want to get 10,000 followers. But you don't need you don't need this big following. There's so much purchasing power out of those 50 people that as long as you, one, can actually give them their, their desired transformation and two, are actually selling the number one thing that they want you don't have to have twenty thousand people who are signed up to your program you could have 10 as long as you're doing a really really good uh, a good service and then you can start to charge a bit higher ticket you don't need to work with with everybody in the world um you can just provide a really good service the best service possible to those 10 and then you'll be able to charge a high ticket which people might be afraid to do but I think oftentimes I'm someone I'm more likely to sign up with with even if it was a, a, a coach, for example, I'd be more likely to sign up with one who has less clients, who's going to speak directly to me um, and 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 everything kind of along those lines. So I think another thing is that we think that we need loads of people to sign up with us when you don't. You could have 10 people, but they're paying you a, a decent a decent whack because you're actually taking the time to sit and work with them um, and make sure that they're really going through that transformation. So mm. there's a few different approaches um, that I don't think people need to be scared to, to, to delve into. I'm a big fan of, of high ticket things and it might seem like you're just out for money, but I think it's actually the opposite. I think if something's high ticket, that means I can dedicate a lot of time to you and I can make sure that the service is actually worth it. Whereas I've got some clients or, or that I'm helping and they offer a much lower ticket. And I actually say to them that that's a ripoff, even though mm. it's much cheaper. I, I would say the service would be better if you 10x the price and 20x the what your service you're delivering. Um, so, so that's another thing that I, I kind of wanted to touch on. You don't need loads of people. You could have 10 clients and, and be killing it. Yeah, I agree with you. I'd pay much more for a coach that had less clients. If I knew that they only had like 20 clients or something and that was it and mm. especially if you had to wait like go on their waiting list to get in like i'd want to be with them even more but i would pay way more for someone like that than mm. someone who has like 100 clients for that extra yeah. service so what are when people start out in the in the first place what are some of the most common mistakes that they make like if someone decides they can do this on their own what sort of things yeah. do they generally get wrong yeah so one the there's a few things. So the first one is that people approach paid traffic in in the wrong way. And what I mean by that is people, because there's all these interesting nuances that you can do on Facebook, you can do a lookalike audience, you can target this, you can target that. People forget the actual, what marketing is. So back in the day, people was, would, would post up a billboard 
And the only thing that would be important would be the creative and the offer and the copy. That's the only thing that matters. They can't track all these things. So people had a big, um, people really focused on those things. Now, since we can be a lot more data driven, people have decided that what you actually show to your audience doesn't matter. The copy doesn't matter. As long as I can find my ideal target audience, then that's important. But one okay. thing I say, and what, what you'll notice, obviously we're doing your campaigns, oftentimes, we have broader uh, audiences than most people. But what I do is I make sure that the creative, the copy, and the offer is good. Those are the three most important things. A lot of our campaigns are broad, absolutely no targeting, and are doing really well because the offer speaks to our target audience. So I don't need mm -hmm. to necessarily go in there and, and, and find them with a... With a um, with with kind of a magnifying glass facebook can do that facebook i like to say i'm good but facebook is is unfortunately smarter than me and i say that for 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 everyone um so that's the first thing i don't think people are focusing on their um on their creative copy and offer enough and another thing people are trying to sell too early so i can't remember who i who i pinched this from but somebody said that trying to sell too early with with your ad is like walking up to a girl in the bar and just trying to kiss them straight away. They said mm. you have to you have to work with them. So the the ad is really important to note. The ad only sells the click. That's all it does. We're not we don't want you to buy from the ad. We want you to get to our landing page. Now the landing page also has two jobs. It might be to um, to book in a call. It might be to sell that person. But if we're trying to sell people too early, people don't like that. Like I said, people want to. Whoa, what are you doing? You can't chill out yeah. a little bit let me get to know you first and that and that's another um another problem especially with something like coaching where it's so so personal they're buying into you really and truly so you have to actually have some touch points um so that's another thing and then one more one more mistake i see which is kind of um similar to that is that people want to get paid on the front end too much um and look in an ideal world your cold audience will will pay you at a 10x return. But at the end of the day, something I say is, if you can break even at that first touch point, then you've done okay. Um, and I know that that's hard to say, especially with someone starting up, um, it's difficult to say, but you're not always gonna be, be able to make money with, with that cold audience. But mm. where you make the money is maybe in with the lifetime value. So if you're a coach and you're coaching someone for two, three, four, five months, if you break even on that first month, that's fine. That's good, in fact, because if they're going to stay for five, six months, that's a six X in the long run. Mm. Um, so I think people need to be a little bit more realistic with with the numbers that they're hoping for and think about things in the long term, which I know is difficult, um, especially when you're starting up, because at the end of the day, rent needs to be paid now. So you can't oh. talk to me about getting paid in six months time. But if you need to make money on the front end immediately, then I would say that pay traffic might not be for you at this stage. Are there other ways that people can use pay traffic? So if you're trying to build up that trust with a cold audience, are there things that you can do just for like brand awareness or to get people's yeah. emails, like that sort of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You can. You can You can just do, um, like you said, brand awareness. When you run pay traffic, what you'll notice is your your social following will just increase. That's because there's so many eyeballs on your on your brand. Um, you can you can collect emails. You can you can essentially do you can you can go any angle with it that you like. Um, and that that again might be something that's good to do because especially if you're selling something that's high ticket people don't want to spend on the on the on the on the front end people mm. might need six seven 
eight touch points with you. They might need to get on a sales call. They might need to watch a video of yours. They might need to follow you for months. They might need to DM you a bit before they buy. And, and that's okay. So again, sometimes being selling too aggressively to our cold audience is sometimes something that goes wrong. Um, so sometimes now, and, and even some with, with, with kind of um, some, some of your brands, we're, we're mainly for, for most of the month, we're just kind of gathering information, giving them, giving them info, giving them advice, giving them help and, and things like that. And then later down the line, we might sell to them. Yeah. Um, and that's especially important um, with something that's higher ticket. Don't give all our secrets away, Cameron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so with the Facebook algorithm, which you mentioned, how, where do you see that going over the next few years? Are we going to get to a point whereby the AI is going to become so advanced that you can just chuck in bits of copy or just do very little work, press a button, and then the algorithm just does everything? Yes and no. So I think that the only thing that marketing agencies or people who are marketing are going to have to do is build the offer, um, make the, the creative and, and the copy. So the actual creative side of the ad, what people see, where the algorithms are now already, especially with something like TikTok, is that if you do too much targeting, if you do too much on the, on the back end, results are actually worse. So I'd say at this stage, we're actually at a point where you can just let the ads go now, really and truly, especially the more you spend, obviously the more Facebook will learn about you, uh, about your, your target audience. Um, I would say we're almost at that stage. I think one thing that, again, we'll never be able to neglect or, or hopefully not is, is the actual creative side because that's what differentiates you from, a, from another brand. Um, so I do think that the algorithm is, is going to continue to get better, but I think that's just going to knock out things like targeting and lookalike audiences, retargeting, everything like that. Those things can go, but I think that the creative element, um, I think that's always going to stay because that's, that's a human touch. There's not really, in, hopefully not, not anytime soon because I might be out of a job, um, <laughs> but I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. I use an AI for some of our co copywriting. So when I, cause I'll write stuff out in a general gist of how I think it should be. And then I'll pop into this website that I use, which is an AI. And then mm -hmm. it will give me rewritten versions of it in different tones. So it could be witty or uh, dry or funny or charismatic. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not perfect, but, but there are some little gems that come up in there and I'm like, Oh, that yeah, reads yeah, yeah. much better. So I'll like take that bit, put it in my copy and just move it around a bit to make it better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of things like that, there are there are definitely AI that that helps. Um, and, and I've kind of tried to use some. Maybe it's just from a, from an egotistical standpoint, but because yeah. I've done studied a lot of copy, I like to stray kind of away from them. But like you said, they definitely chuck in a, a few gems, um, and and it, it it's it's good to use, uh, especially if you're stuck for ideas. Yeah, awesome. So. Given, let's say you had a $5,000 budget, right? And you could only mm -hmm. spend it on one platform for advertising. Would it be TikTok? Ooh. All things considered. So actually, let's give you like a customer persona. Let's say you're a coach and you're targeting men and women in their late 20s in the UK. Which platform would yeah. you invest your brand into? Okay. And and one more question. What am I, what am I selling? As you're selling a group coaching package for a challenge you're going to run. 
Okay, I would I would probably still go Facebook to be honest. I okay. I would go Facebook. I yeah, I just think it's the it, Yeah, I would I would go Facebook. I think it's the the algorithm is the best. That that's one thing by far. The only downside of Facebook is it the CPMs are higher on Facebook. So what that essentially means is that you have to spend more money to show it to the same amount of people. Um mm. but I would probably still do Facebook. Um, TikTok is good. I, I do like TikTok. We've even kind of dabbled in in Snapchat, Google, things like that. We 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 kind of go across the board. Um, I would still opt for Facebook, probably, especially if you're starting out, um, because you have the most control over over your campaigns. Um, and I think it's just easier to get off the ground because the algorithm is just better on Facebook. On TikTok. You have to spend quite a bit of money, oftentimes, before um, the it starts to kind of learn who your target audience is. Sure. And when you say Facebook, you mean Facebook and Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. All, all the campaigns that are run Meta, really, if we're gonna be, if we're, if we're gonna speak properly to, to their brand. But yeah, every every time I say Facebook, I always mean Facebook um, and Instagram. Yeah. Cool. So, in which circumstance would you ever be inclined? to push hard for TikTok? Would it be a genera generational thing if your audience was like 19, 20 years old? No, not really. Normally it's to do with the, because again, people normally say that, but the, on TikTok, the audience is, is aging. It's, it's got a lot of a, um, an older demographic than people think. I think more so just to do with the copy, uh, the creative, sorry, and the type of, of person you are um, and what you're okay. selling. So on TikTok, Selling higher ticket things is quite difficult on TikTok. Right. People are just there for a good time. You can get impulse buyers. If you're selling something cheap, if it's a challenge and it's five five pounds to sign up, someone might like, sign up. But selling e something, something. Say that again. Could you like do an ebook if it was like a twenty five dollar yeah. ebook or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheaper, cheaper impulse buyers you can do um, for one. Two, your creative has to just be like a TikTok. So so one thing about TikTok is that if you're making, if you're running a, an ad on TikTok, you need to build a TikTok. Don't worry about the the, the selling so much. Build a TikTok. Make it fun. Um, make sure that it's native. So there are two things, but I just think that has slightly uh, a higher barrier to entry. So if I came to someone who's never made a TikTok before, don't really know what TikTok is, and I gave them advice on, hey, here's the the kind of, I gave them a script. It's a lot more difficult to make something that's exciting on TikTok than it is to, oh. to make something uh, on Facebook. TikTok's just a lot higher paced. So typically you need a bit more skin in the game. You need to be used to it um, before you can actually go to um, to TikTok and, and get some success. Yeah, and I struggle organically with that, like stuff that works on Reels that gets a good amount of shares and views on TikTok mm. just just tanks entirely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot more, it, it, can, it can be a lot more difficult. Another thing about TikTok as well, is that even if you do get loads of views on TikTok, they don't always um, they don't always tra uh, translate into sales. So mm -hmm. TikTok's got a lot of vanity metrics, especially for for brands where you know you have a million followers on TikTok. That is a lot less powerful powerful than fifty thousand subscribers on YouTube or one hundred and fifty thousand sure. followers on on Instagram. Um, TikTok is very fleeting, um, and just because you have followers doesn't necessarily mean that you know, you're, you're, you're going to get conversions. Um, and I think that TikTok oftentimes, especially when you're, when you're starting, the vanity metrics can kind of get to you and you think that, oh no, this is going really well. 
when yeah. really you haven't actually made as many sales as you possibly could have on another platform. Okay, cool. And where do you see, like over the next, I'm not going to say five years because with social things move so quickly. Mm. Like obviously there's been a huge shift to short form content and now TikTok pushing the video, they pushed it back up to 10 minutes. Like where do you see things going in your opinion over the next couple of years? I don't know, but I don't like where it's going. Reason right. being, I like having a good hook is important. And you know me, I like to spend time writing the hook and making sure it's good. But yeah. the shorter that people's attention span is going, you have to, you're, we're moving towards where you kind of have to clickbait people. And I don't like to do that. Yeah. I, I like to have a good hook, but unless you can get to the information immediately, people don't like it. So for example, I made a, a, a video helping someone. Uh, it was, it was talking about how to, to, to start your consulting um, and business. And the video was about 45 seconds long. And I made it on, on TikTok or Instagram. I can't remember which one I, I post them on, on both anyway. And someone said, this video is terrible, man. This, this, you didn't explain everything. And I thought, well, I'm trying, I've got 45 <laughs> seconds you could never have have started a business with this 45 second video. But then yeah. I also have to blame myself because in order for people to watch it, I had to tell people that, hey, this is the blueprint. And I found myself falling into this clickbaity trap where yeah. I was initially annoyed at him and thought, well, the video is only 45 seconds. What do you expect? But at the start, I promised him that he would be able to start a business if he watched this video. Um, so I don't really like the way it's going because I just think the attention span is it's just so short now that you're almost forced to say something outrageous mm. even if you don't really want to um and I, I think it's only going to to start to um to, to get shorter and you're going to have to start to be more and more outrageous um i agree my, so my wife when my wife's watching tiktok and she's going through them um, if she's like oh look at this one look at this one and then she'll get to one and when that play bar at the bottom the progress bar is like moving really slowly she'll immediately say she won't even care what it is even if it was something really engaging and entertaining about makeup or something that she's mm. into she'd just be she would just say that's too long the next one like she yeah. won't even give it the time of day because she knows it's going to take up too much of her time mm. no and but the thing is I, I find myself doing the same thing i'll complain about it but i i'll skip through videos all, all the time and the thing that's crazy yeah. is that I'll, I'll look at i'll look at my dad and he'll watch anything on TV. He'll just sit there yeah. and it's something that he might like. So something that he has, is remotely interested in. Whereas yeah. with, with us on social media, you're given things that are right to their exactly what you like. So if you like football and you support Chelsea, it will be football content about Chelsea. Yeah. Everything is there for you. It's perfect. If this was 15 years ago, you would have sat and watched a two-hour TV program on it. But now, even though it's per even, even though it's good, it's not good enough and you'll scroll. Let me find the next yeah. one that's better and better and better. Um, and I, I think it's a bit scary, but I, I think that's kind of um, what we're what we're falling into. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Mm. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all your information. Where can people find out more me. about you? So I actually, like I said, I'm building, building out kind of a new offer um, and... So the, the best place to find me is on Instagram. So you can either search my name, Cameron Okomi, or um, you can search Can Cam Get Rich. Now, that the reason that that's the name is because in starting my agency, I posted everything. 
So if you scroll back on my Instagram, you'll be able to find when I when I first started all these all these different things. And the reason that I did that is because I knew that it might be helpful one day. So now where I help agency owners, I help coaches, consultants, I can say to them, hey, look, this is the backlog. I, I did this. These are these are things, trials and tribulations that I went through. Um, and I think it's always a lot more. It always cuts deeper when I can actually you can scroll back and see me when I was going through it because everybody once they get there they always say oh yeah man I struggled when I started but I actually like to show that I really did and and I posted about it um, so yeah cool. that's my so the cam cam get rich is you going through your journey of building your business yeah yeah yeah, yeah. literally cool. just posting about it and I do kind of long long posts about it um, and I never framed it as as where I'm kind of an expert it's always I'm kind of a student coming forward now because i'm kind of using it more so for business I, I actually kind of more so give advice and i also just feel a bit more comfortable too um yeah. i feel i feel like i've kind of gone through enough now where i can where i can help people um but yeah so that's my instagram or um you can find us at ntc media limited so it's ntc media ltd um dot com awesome and we'll pop all that in the comments below thank you so much perfect. cameron perfect thank you very much for having me